Welcome to Puck Talk CS Season 4, Episode 26. Plenty of hockey was played last night. We have a game on the docket tonight, and we have a series that's already concluded seeing a potential three-peat champion on their way to another conference final appearance with 10 straight wins. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chives. I'm doing great. I didn't know we would, we would be in this position where we would have, uh, first of all, the home team has been dominated in most of the games. And second of all, a lot of teams are up 3-1. to one. I didn't know it was going to be like this except for the Rangers and Hurricanes. So let's dig into it. Let's talk some puck. And we got to start off with the Florida Panthers. Boy, oh boy, was this... This was a sad series to watch. This was a sad series to watch for the Florida Panthers, who, of course, won the President's Trophy, and their offense just went dormant. They couldn't buy a goal in Game 4, let alone in the whole series, Travis. Yeah, Florida averaged 4.1 goals per game in 82 games of the regular season. They came up short with just three in four games. But Steve, it looked like Andre Vasilevsky, who we selected as the MVP of the series, the most valuable player in this series, he's looking like the most valuable player of not only the playoffs, but potentially the Stanley Cup final already. Mm-hmm. I think he's already the Con Smythe favorite. He, is an, he had a 981 save percentage in this series alone, with six of his last seven series clinching shutouts, per, shutout performances. So all of his series clinchers, six of seven of them, in their last 10 wins have been shutouts. That's extremely impressive. I think he's already up for MVP conversation of the playoffs. Oh, exactly. 100%. I mean, when you take a look at it, and it, this is the truth, you know, I round one was just, I don't want to call it a fluke, but round one was just not who he was. Vasilevsky just dialed in and completely dominated the Panthers. I mean, it's not even close to, he made... I mean, the Panthers couldn't get anything, anything past them. Not only that, but what I thought really excelled was that Tampa's special teams dialed in and just took control of the game. They took control, especially on the penalty kill. They were outstanding. And Florida, I mean, I, when watching game four, I knew that as soon as uh, as soon as soon the those calls went back and Florida couldn't capitalize and swing the momentum. You knew that, that, that Tampa was just going to take over, and that's exactly what they did. And Vasilevsky is the MVP of the series. There's no doubt about it. Am I right, Travis? I saw a stat that stated he's made 200 saves in series-clinching victories. In those seven series-clinching victories, he's made 200 saves in total. That's impressive. Yeah, and we brought that up uh, before Game 7 against the Leafs. We know that he brings the presence. We know that he channels it in elimination in big games. And listen, if I'm playing Vasilevsky moving forward in the playoffs, I'm sweating a little bit because he's money right now. Side tangent, that might show us how great Toronto's offense truly was this season. True. Because they were the really the best challenger for Tampa thus far. And they may be after the conclusion of the Metropolitan Series in New York versus Carolina. Now, it's a trite point on our show. We've talked about it more than once, but the big dogs got to come through. I got the three big dogs on each side of the ice for Florida's stats. Kucherov, two goals, five assists. Stamkos, two goals, two assists. Hedman, three assists. Barkov, one assist. Huberto, two assists. Ekblad, zero points. I think that says it all. Big dogs got to pull through. I don't want to rag too much on Florida, though. They had a great regular season. They're professional athletes. They got to pull through when it's time in the postseason, especially when you're the best team in the regular season. But the two-time champions showed their experience in this series, and it's already over. It's a sweep. So Tampa's got some time off. 
Yeah, and listen, Tam- Tampa showed that they could be more physical than Florida, and I think that ha- also has to do a lot uh, when the puck was in the neutral zone a lot, and just Tampa took it in, and they took control of it, and that also shows why Florida couldn't get as many chances against Vasilevsky than they can. But when you take a look at Game 4, I think Florida had 49 shots. It was close, 49 to 48 in that ballpark, and they couldn't get anything. So that just, go- again, just goes to show you, and I think Tampa's defense has clicked. Again, same points that I mentioned uh, on the last episode on the first three, the first three games of the series, Tampa brought it and they and they brought it into Game Four and that was it. Listen, you hate to see it. I'll ask you the question though, Chives. Florida Panthers this year is this year a failure? I think I think it is because I think it for you're talking about this season and a lot of times you want to see growth in a team and. For a lot of viewers and for a lot of observers, analysts, they saw last season as they played Tampa, they probably could have made it further if they played any other opponent in the first round. And they took them to six games. This season, they loaded up. And I think bench the Ben Chirot trade says it all. That was an extreme overpay for a depth defender. They also already brought in Sam Bennett. They bring in Joe Thornton. They bring in Claude Giroux at the deadline. This season's a failure because they really went all out when they had to make the trades and had to make the the tune-ups to the roster that they felt they needed to achieve the ultimate goal, which is to win the Stanley Cup. They didn't achieve that, and they were the best team in the league. I think that it's a failure that they not only didn't qualify for the conference finals or the Stanley Cup final, but they got swept in the second round. Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm a hundred percent with you. I do agree. I think this is a failure, failure year for them, especially with all the pieces that they brought in, and especially with all the free agents that they're gonna have at the end of this year. And I, I've seen a lot of people online saying, "Oh, well, Florida, you know, this was a year, but we're we're proving that we're gonna be here for the next five years." Listen, Florida's been in there for the last three years. So, and I think that I think maybe within the next two years, I think this year they had the best squad to pull together. Because listen, you're going to have a lot of free agents, you know? So you're going to have Giroux. I mean, the list goes on and on for that uh, for them. So I thought that this was a really good year. And of course, it goes uh, it goes without saying that the President's Trophy winning team, you know, should have the best chances at winning the Stanley Cup. So I mean, the, and the Panthers couldn't get past round two. So listen, I think it is a little bit of a failure this year for Florida. But that just goes to show you how good Tampa is and Tampa is looking good moving past round two. Well moving right along here we'll we'll jump right across the board here to the Battle of Alberta and this doesn't matter what game in the series series this is. This series every single game has brought something something to the table and last night in game four was no different Charles. Yeah we had game three where Evander Kane played hero with the hat trick in six minutes. Ryan Nugent Hopkins plays hero and this is where I'm starting to believe in this roster. I know the Flames are still question marks because when they're on their best game you say well this team could win the Stanley Cup no doubt. The way they're built the way they play and then there's nights where Markstrom struggles and the team struggles to produce, and you say, is this team really built to win? So, Ryan Nugent Hopkins plays hero. I think that shows how Edmonton, really, their depth is stepping through, too. Ryan Nugent Hopkins signed a big contract. He deserved that money. He has that skill. He scores two goals, the opening goal on a fluke, and the game winner with three minutes remaining. So, he plays hero in this game. And what's amazing is you're having Evander Kane and Ryan Nugent Hopkins play hero, but it's all on the back 
of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who have 25 and 22 points, respectively. They lead over Nikita Kucherov by 7 points. Dreisaitl is 7 points above Kucherov thus far in the postseason, and they're in the 2 and 3 spot on the point leaderboard. That's very impressive. Yes, and listen, I you know I don't, I don't like to like tug us all the way, but our point that we called back in the last episode, we were one hundred percent right because if I don't know if anyone um, recalls this, but we said that the Flames in Game Four they need to come out and they need to have a fast start, and they otherwise they'd be in trouble. And if the Oilers do that, they're going to control the game, and the Oilers did just that, and the Flames unfortunately couldn't get control of it because the Flames came off. And, and they were trailing right away with 21 seconds into the game, allowing the goal. They found themselves trailing 3 nothing after the opening frame. And this is what the Oilers, the Oilers had to do. Uh, and listen, the Flames had to prevent this, and they weren't able to do that. And it also doesn't help when your goaltender does not play well. Jacob Markstrom, he's been dominant in the first round against the Stars. He struggled. I think he's given up. 19 or 18 goals within the first four games against the Oilers. He's been a little shaky, Chives, and especially there's been a few shots that usually I'd like to say that he has in this series uh, that he's let in. So moving forward, Jacob Markstrom's got to step up if the Flames are going to do something. And listen, let's be honest, he's getting outdueled by Mike Smith right now up to this point, which for me is surprising. But listen, I don't think anyone saw this coming in, especially since Markstrom has been up there for the Vesna conversation after having such a great year. With a rivalry like this, there is always these storylines. And it's like you can't avoid them, right? Yeah. You brought up, you touched upon three of them, and I think they're the three that moving forward in this series is going to decide the fate of the Flames. Mike Smith play. Mike Smith's play. If he played like he had in a few of the games against LA, the Flames would be smoking him right now, right? And we saw it, we see his inconsistency still. But he's stolen games too. Game three, despite the fact that McDavid, Evander Kane, and Dratt combined for three goals in six minutes, he still kept them within the game. We saw how the Flames could come back last night. They were very close. A bad penalty at the end of the game led to them be, not being able to really field, a, field an offensive push at the end of the game. Pull the goalie, try and get something going. You touch upon Markstrom struggles as a Vesna finalist. So the goaltending battle, right? We're talking about that. We talked about in our breakdown, the defense. They both surrendered a lot of goals, but the Oilers have tightened up a little bit. And we talked about how, well, Connor McDavid took over in game seven against LA. Can he do that? Can Dreisaitl do that for the entirety of the series? And if so, can they win the series if they're the best player in the world and arguably the second best player in the world plays at their full potential? And they are. And Evander Kane is feeding off of that. He's the complimentary winger to that. So... I think we hit the nail on the head on all three of those major factors that are moving forward in this series. They play tomorrow night. What's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen? And do you think the Flames can rally back? Yeah, well, I think that a big part of this, we got to put a lot moving it forward, is, listen, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk have been limited up to this point. So moving forward, these guys need to break out. They need to break out. They need to come out and give performances like they did in game one. And listen, they, they, were hold, they were held off the score sheet. And that just goes to show you how strong the Oilers like really strengthened things up on defense. Not only offense, but their defense too. All around, they've been playing really good. And I'm kind of with you. The Oilers do look good up to this point. And it's going to take the Flames. Listen, the Flames could do it. If there's one team you know, in, in the playoffs right now 
that I could say that could turn things around just like that, it's going to be the Flames. I'd pick them. Listen, they're, they're, they're not the Blues playing the Colorado Avalanche right now. Guys, they have so many stars. And I don't want to, I listen, I don't want to say that Markstrom is burnt out or he he's gassed now after a long season, fatigued for playing too many games. But he just looked all around uncomfortable last night. The Flames need to come out and they need to win in a big way, Chives. And I think that starts with your top players. They got to take advantage. And you have to have Tuchuk and Goudreau uh, uh, step up and solve Mike Smith. Because again, we're not talking about Igor Shosturkin. We're not talking about Andre Vasilevsky. We're talking about Mike Smith. I agree. And it seems that every time Kachuk and Goudreau break out, they go on a two-game stint where suddenly they kind of disappear. And disappear in the sense that that you don't feel any effect. Like you said, it's almost like they're nullified. I didn't even really recall seeing a play by Goudreau or Kachuk last night that really impressed me. Game three, yes. But game four... Seemed like the big dogs didn't show up. It seems like we say the same things about a lot of the the series, which it sounds trite. Big dogs got to pull through. Yeah. If we turn to New York versus Carolina. We can say the same thing. We say the same thing, right? Goaltending, defense, and the big dogs. Steve, what did you think about last night's game? Uh, Yeah, I mean, this whole series, again, is, is fitting in to the same line. I mean, whoever's got the superb defense and goaltending is going to win the game. I could challenge and... and Bring in and contest that same point and talk about how the big dogs, they got to step up for Calgary in game five. Carolina's big dogs got to step up. And in games three and games four, and especially in one and two, two, they haven't been here. Sebastian Ajo, Teravon, even though Ajo did get that game time goal in game one, still throughout the rest of the series, he has not been there. And Carolina really needs to step up. Otherwise, they might be in trouble because Carolina looks terrible. Terrible on the road. And we said this in our preview, if you watched it. Carolina is electric at home, but they, they're just so bad on the road. And the Rangers were dominating that game. Now, Carolina, I did think that the one goal that they did score to wake up Taravainen and Ajo, I think that was big at the end of the game to see if they could get those dogs going. But I think it's easier for the Rangers to snag a game on the road than it will be for Carolina to snag a game on the road. So Carolina needs to wake up fast moving into game five because game four, they look terrible. You know, I think it's tough to get a compass and, and see what direction this series is going uh, to, to see kind of where is it going. Because games three and four, suddenly the ice opened up. We saw games one and two were very defensive, very slow moving. You had hard four checks and a lot of zone time for each team at specific shifts. The last two games were very open hockey, and I think that had to do with the physical play. The Rangers responded. You saw at the end of the game, there was some chirping at the end of game three. Gallant got into it. He had a pretty aggressive post game. Tony D'Angelo's got into it. From puck drop, you saw the physicality ramp up at the Garden last night, and Jacob Trouba lays a huge hit on Max Domi. Huge. We saw Reeves get into it at the end of the game. I think when the temperature is up and the intensity is up, it's op- it's almost like uh, when you have a sinus infection and you take some medicine. Dude. It's like all of a sudden you breathe <laughs> some like life that. into yourself, right? Like you feel the air. Like when you, you take a breath and you just feel it. I think that's what happens when the temperature rises in a series like that. It opens up the flow of the game. And the Carolina Hurricanes on the road are not a good hockey team. That is no doubt. They're 0-5 <laughs> on the road. Like you said, you got to take the positives sometimes. And Taravainen and Anaho combining on a goal, that's pretty big because they're going home now, and I think they're comfortable going home. Except the Rangers can steal a game on the road. This is a series now. It's 2-2. My call was the Rangers will tie it up. 
I never said this on the podcast, but the Rangers will tie it up, and then from there, it's anyone's series. And I think that's still how it remains. Yeah, and you have to figure that the Hurricanes, despite going down and losing in Games 3 and Games 4, you have to feel comfortable because they still have the advantage going home. They're so electric at home, and they have Games 5 and 7 at home. So you have to assume that they will feel comfortable as of right now and they've been saying after games three and games four that they still feel like they're the ones that are in control and i i I do like that take i I do want to point out that ranta is playing well he is not the problem Uh, the reports are that anderson's got been going through full practices and he's close to coming back anti ranta is not the problem it's the offense here and also the defense when you look at games one and games two carolina has done a great job of of just being faster than the rangers being more physical than the rangers in games three and games four, we didn't really see that. And and that's why you look at games one and games two, Carolina was able to snag those because they were faster and they were more physical. And really, moving into games three and four, that just wasn't the case. And then and then throw on top of that, Carolina not being able to to capitalize, I think that really just threw them into the hole. And also, Igor Shosturkin's been incredible in games three and games four. Ever since he was pulled in Pittsburgh, uh, starting game five and, and from game five in the Pittsburgh series on, he's been outstanding. Uh, he looks really sharp. I think he's got to carry that play over into Carolina, and I think the Rangers got to do the same thing that the Oilers have been able to do against the Flames is they need to get a fast start because once Carolina gets going at home, they're just going to keep moving. And we also talk about the power play, Steve. Nine for 92 for Carolina. The Rangers cashed in last night, and that was one of the difference makers. I think that the power play is also really important because we just mentioned the three most important things. The forecheck, sustained zone time, and now that the game's opened up, that's important because getting goals off the rush, scoring, and scoring on the power play, getting those opportunities is important. That's because it's all about offense, because we know that the goaltending is not an issue for either team. So really, it comes down to how well can your offense perform and Will the home and away record stand? Will the home team continue winning every game of the series? Or will a team steal a win on the road? I so think, I think that's what this series comes down to. Listen, I think a team will steal a, a, a win on the road here. Who I'm not going to give specific. Carolina's going to win on the road or Rangers going to win the road. But I think that a road team will step up and win this series. Who that be? I don't know. That'll be uh, to remains. But a part of this, if Carolina wants to turn it around, is... You take a look, and I'm looking at the Rangers series and round one with the Bruins. They're, they've given up too many penalties on the road, and that's hurt them. The Bruins were able to capitalize on that and, and run the tables in round one, and now the Rangers here taking advantage of the power of plays in round two on the road. Now listen, Carolina's got to turn it around. Game six will be coming back to New York, so even if Carolina wins or loses game five, they need to be sharp. I think game six will be the biggest issue for Carolina. Yeah, it seems that if the Rangers steal game five on the road, it seems like the way that it feels is if they win in game five on the road, they'll probably win the series at home, right? And same goes for if the Rangers win on the road and then Carolina's on the road, will they respond, force game seven, so they have game seven at home? Yes. So a lot of the emphasis is on the home field advantage and the offense. That's really what we've been talking about this entire episode. Exactly. And I just I just find it so weird, Chives, how the Hurricanes look like a completely different team when they're on the road. It's disgusting. I mean, it, it just it's just mind-boggling. I they look like they look like the Philadelphia Flyers on the road in this whole playoffs. I mean, they were showing the stats on the game last night. It's disgusting. 
I mean, so Carolina's gotta gotta turn things around. But listen, they they can worry about that later. They gotta win. They gotta win game five, moving it home. If Carolina wins in game five, I think that they will heavily be favorites uh, in the series. Most most likely have the advantage. Um, and, but this Ranger team has done a really good job of battling adversity all season long. So game five, I'm really excited uh, to see what they bring in game five, as this has been the closest series of round two. Which keeps everything exciting because that's exactly what you want. The next series we'll be talking about is the last one that would be played tonight in Elimination Game 5 at 8 Eastern Time, the Avalanche versus the Blues. Steve, what are your predictions for this game and why? Listen, I said I said last episode, the Blues got their backs to the wall. And listen, this will be an uphill battle. If the Blues, with their backs on the wall now, want to come back, it's going to be tough. And I think it starts with Husso. He's got to step up because these last few games, he's played a better, he played a better game for him. I'll give him that. But still, not a great game, and he's got to step up. And he's when the Avs come out and 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 take the lead, and not only that, but they build upon uh, build upon that. It makes it so much harder to come back. And listen, I'll give I'll feel I'll give credit. David Perron has come to play in this series. He's been outstanding, especially on the power play. He's been money. I think he has nine goals in ten playoff games now. The Blues are so electric on the power play. So, so Colorado just has to make sure. I think they'll be in good position if they limit the penalties that they take. Um, so I listen. I think it's evidently clear to me that aside from Perron, personally, I think the Blues don't have the ability to keep up with Colorado, and I think it's going to be very tough for them. I think I, I really like Colorado coming, especially coming back home now. Elimination game gonna be tough because the Blues have gone outplayed within the last two games, so it's gonna be tough, Chives. It's gonna be tough. What the, do you think? You know, it's I, I think the Blues were very similar to how the Flames performed. They went down early and then they they were close to the comeback, but now they're not gonna have to only come back in a game. They're gonna have to come back in the series. So if you came back and won and tied up the series. Well, now I think it's kind of anyone's series. I truly believe the Blues have the weapons. They do. They, it, I, I think we didn't give enough credit to the fact that Calgary came almost came back in Edmonton last night. And the Blues almost came back against Colorado. But the key word there is almost. They didn't tie the series up. And if they tied the series up in a comeback victory, well, it's just like New York and Carolina. Well, now it's anyone's series, right? But now they have their backs against the wall. That one loss now is enormous because you have to win three in a row in order to win this win the series or at least force game seven. So I think that if the Blues, if the Blues can find a way to get their offense going like they had in the comeback, but early, we're talking about early starts again. I think they'll have a chance, but the Colorado Avalanche playing at home is very similar to a lot of the teams that are playing at home this postseason. They're so dominant when they play at home. Mm -hmm. It looked like on the road they were scoring and, and they had to outscore the Blues. I think at home, they're just going to take the vice grip and clamp down. Yeah, and listen, the Blues cannot lose their composure here because, listen, they are an experienced group. I'll give them, I'll give them that. They have the experience, but they're not playing the Minnesota Wild here. They're playing the best team, what I think is the best team in the league right now, or at least with the teams that are remaining left. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but it's not over until it's over. And I think the Blues really have to come out strong. And when I say that, I agree with you, but I'm not necessarily necessarily saying that they have to come out strong by scoring two goals, but they need to come out physical. They need to come out, they need to dominate the forecheck, and they need to really, really, really 
just keep the puck in Colorado's zone and make them feel uncomfortable. And that's going to be, that's a tough task, especially when Colorado is home because they're so good, Chives. So, Steve, what are your predictions? I'm going to be honest with you. I think Colorado's ending this tonight. Okay. I, I like Colorado to end this tonight. And I think that the Battle of Alberta and Rangers Hurricanes are more of the question mark. Um, for the Battle of Alberta, well, first of all, I'll flip it back to you before I, I flip the series. Colorado Blues, Colorado ends this tonight? You know, I think for the sake that we don't see a lot of extended series and for the fact that I do believe in the Blues' offensive capabilities— I'll say it goes to game six. Ooh, okay. I'll say it goes six. I, I don't fully believe in that prediction because I can 100% seeing that, see the Avalanche going up like 3 nothing in the first period and you say, this series is over. But I do believe in the Blues' capabilities on offense. I think they showed that a little bit. You talk about penalties, taking penalties at the wrong times, and then you have Nazem Kadri who's fired up from all the whole his whole situation, which rightfully so. He comes through with a hat trick. I think that... They were battling a lot in that game. So I think that they could force a game six. Yeah, and listen, if the Blues win game five, I think game five will be the tough, or one of the toughest games for the Blues to win, especially especially because they're on the road. I think, I think it's easier for the Blues to win a game six at home coming off of a game five win than it is for a game five, for them to win in a game five. So that remains to be seen. We'll talk about the Battle of Alberta next. I think the Flames... Coming back home in a game five, if they could get off to a fast start, I like the Flames in a game five. Um, I think in a game six, is, it's where it gets a little bit more questionable. But from what I'm seeing, I think the Flames can come back, come home. And, and again, consistency issues for Mike Smith has been a, a problem throughout the whole season and the postseason in round one. So I like the Flames in game five. What do you think? I think Connor McDavid looks doesn't look human. I mean, some of the goals, some of the assists, in this series, we talked about we talked about he takes over the series, he takes over that they win. He takes over, they win. But I do think the Flames will win at home. I don't think they're gonna lose in front of their home crowd. And it looks like Goodrow and Kachuk play better at home too. It looks like they mm-hmm. feed off that. It seemed like they struggled playing in Edmonton. I don't know if that had to do with the home and away aspect of it or the way the series, the momentum was swinging, but I think the Flames can win at home. Yeah. All right, so now this leaves me leaves us to our last series, which is the one where I'm not sure. Rangers, Hurricanes, Game 5. I like the way the Rangers are playing right now, and I would give the momentum to them because the Rangers can win on the road. We've seen this. They took a huge Game 6 in Pittsburgh, which was key. However, I cannot disregard the numbers, and the numbers state that Carolina is built different at home. So for me, this is a tough one. This really is a tough one. I could see it going both ways. I personally, with what I've seen building off of momentum in games three and games four, I like the Rangers in this one, Chives. I think Shesterkin is playing really well. We haven't seen him. He, he gave a one fluke goal in game three. But I, listen, I think he's playing really well, and it's going to be hard. I like Shesterkin over Ranta. I haven't seen enough of Carolina's offense to wake up. Even in games one and two when they were at home, they 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 were shut down the Rangers, but it wasn't because of their offense. It was because of their defense and, the, and their style of play. The style of play in New York didn't work out for them. I give the edge to the Rangers here, but again, Carolina can be so electric at home. I'm not sure. Where do you stand on this? The Rangers win the road game. They'll probably win the series at home in six which is crazy because that would mean they won four in a row. I brought up to you that 
Vegas won four in a row against Colorado last year, which I totally forgot about, but just watching a video online, that stat came up. So I could see that happening if they win on the road. If they lose on the road, I think they'll win in game six and then game seven is up to anybody. I mean, that's a three-step equation, but I think that's that. Also, you brought up Igor Shesterkin somehow is outdueling Ranta. I think if Ranta's in any other series right now, he is he's a storyline already. He would be probably the storyline of the playoffs if he was playing any other opponent. But he's playing the potential MVP of the league and Vesna favorite. Mm -hmm. So I think that goaltending the Rangers still outduel the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes offense is not woken up yet. At least from the big dogs. Really at all. They've they've only scored a total of two goals in every game. They haven't scored more than that. Well, you heard it here first. Chives and I think that the Rangers have the momentum. However, I will say however, whenever if Carolina's offense wakes up, I think they'll take the tables and run it there because they have really been dormant. They've really been dormant. And if they if they come out and explode in game five, then I think it'll be it'll be trouble moving forward for the Rangers. Um so we'll that I think that remains to be seen. It should be fun to see. It should be fun to see and it all starts tonight with the Blues and Avalanche. I love an underdog story. I love an underdog story, but Colorado is just so dirty. So it'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to see. Uh, enjoy the games, everyone. Follow our Instagram, PuckTalkCS underscore podcast. Follow our Twitter. <clears throat> Subscribe to our website. If you have any questions, DM us on our Instagram, our Twitter, or email us at PuckTalkCS at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Always remember, it's just the luck of the puck.